This is episode 188 of the Focused Mindset Podcast. Today, we're going to ask ourselves the question, what would you rather your life be like? If all of the problems or perceived problems completely disappeared, what would you be doing instead? Back in episode 172, we covered this and I wanted to replay part of it for you. I titled that one, How to Stop Criticizing, because it is one of the things that we talk about in the episode, but we also talk about reframing our thoughts to be solution focused. It all starts in our mind. And when we reframe our thoughts, then we can move that out into our communication. You know that we've been stuck at times with just telling people the things that they're doing wrong, and it comes from the thoughts that we're having about those people. So this is also a conversation about how we can communicate better. And moving into our season where we're going to be seeing a lot of family members, there's no better time to focus on how we think and how we talk. So let's get started. This is the podcast where you learn how to build stronger connections and have better conversations using the solution-focused approach. I'm Cher Kretz. I'm a school counselor and a solution-focused life coach, and each week we learn new strategies so that we can build our families strong and be the person that we were always meant to be. You can learn more about our products and services by going to thefocusedmindset.com or hop over to Amazon to get 30 Days to Higher Hopes. The question that I want you to ponder is how can we be more solution-focused in the way that we talk? I ask myself that all the time because I know that our tongue is like a sword. It can cut like a knife. And there's a reason why James is one of my most favorite books in the Bible. It talks a lot about how we need to tame the tongue. But I find that if we move from problem-focused to solution-focused, not only in the way that we think, but then in the way that we talk, it's nearly impossible to have the mean uh, sharpness that comes sometimes when we're being overcritical or we're... Uh, just saying it like it is. Me, I don't tend to, especially in the past, I don't tend to shy back from saying what needs to be said. And that could be a positive, but it can also be a negative. When I was cleaning up my classroom, I came across a paper that I have up in on my whiteboard that I refer to often. And it's a paper that basically helps me move from problem focused to solution focused. And it has a long list of words that are problem focused words to describe people. And then a little arrow next to it. And then a list of uh, words that are the same type of person, but said in a solution focused manner. And in just a minute, I'm going to go over that list with you. And then I'm going to talk to you about a way that you can put this into your own life. How can you practically use this in your life? And I have a couple of different ideas for you to do that. It's easy for us to beat ourselves up. Let's keep this whole conversation solution focused as well, where yes, we're going to identify the things that we're doing that 
um, are more problem focused than solution, but then let's take that quickly to the place of what would I rather be doing? What would I rather see in the people, in myself and in the people around me? I was working this last month with a sixth grade student that um, I've been working with periodically. He came to me with a lot of things going on in his family, a lot of family changes. And these family changes were uh, dragging him down at times and taking his focus away from schoolwork. And many times we would have conversations at, about what's going well in his school year because it was he- the schoolwork was heavy. It was hard for him. And I knew that this is just one year of his life, but if his mindset changed to a problem-focused mindset because of this one year, that could stick with him for years to come. His grades were struggling. He was definitely fully in the midst of negative thinking. He was thinking about uh, what could happen, fearful thoughts were flowing through his mind, like, what if I can't do it? What if I don't do it? He was worried that he would be in trouble for the grades and that uh, he had adults in his life that were believing in him and maybe he couldn't come through. Maybe he couldn't dish out what he had said he could. And maybe it's just too difficult for him to reach his goals. I wanted to help him move from that problem talk, that failing already before he's even failed type talk to a solution focused community talk because how we talk to ourselves and what we say out loud matters. And I asked him, if you were able to be successful, what do you think you would have had to do to make that happen? And when you're successful, the way you've been successful in your sport, and I named some of the things I knew he was successful in, how is that going to feel? And slowly but surely, he began to think about things that he could do. And another strategy that I used with him is to look at things realistically. It was important that we brought all of the stakeholders, the people that are a part of his life that matter most to him into the conversation as much as we could, looking at things realistically to reframe what success was. It comes to a certain point sometimes with our kids that it's not actually possible for them to reach the goal that they had originally hoped that they could reach. It doesn't matter if that's in their personal life, in a sport, in a grade. And it's important that in order for us to be solution focused, that we say, well, let's reframe what would success look like? And we looked at each grade and it was different. Some of them were that he thought he could reach an A and some of them They were, it was bringing up certain grades or getting certain work in that he hadn't done. And he set off on a journey with that new solution focused mindset of thinking, you know, I've done hard things and I can do hard things again. And I can be tenacious and I can be strong and I can uh, look at my preferred future. Now, the month seemed long for this young man. And I spoke to him a few times and, um, and there was a few conversations we had even with the teacher. And as we spoke, I I saw her begin to move to that solution focused mindset. And she says, you know, I see, I have seen progress in this area. And I bet you if he just did, and she started naming the things he could do that he could improve. Now 
we were walking towards, I could feel it. We we're walking towards a brand new destination. And it was so uh, wonderful when I walked into his class at the end because he was like, can I talk to you? Can I talk to you? And the first thing he told me was the things he was succeeding at, the way that he was able to end strong. And we celebrated that. Did he end perfect like he had hoped for? And were there still some things that were problems? Yes. But the outlook was different. He had succeeded in so many areas that were challenging for him. And we celebrated the effort and we celebrated the end result as it was because it was pretty great. And watching that journey reminded me that in this journey in life, uh, we stop ourselves from growth when we just focus on that problem. So we make it so big and so huge that we begin to write a scenario of a worst case scenario in our mind that hasn't even happened yet. This ability for us to use words and descriptions about both ourselves and the people around us that are solution focused is going to make a difference because it will help us reframe how we look at each and every given situation, whatever that might be. Another reason I knew it was important that I went through this list with you today was because my daughter sent me a little reel, as she does. Sometimes we just pass them back and forth. And uh, my oldest daughter, you know, I was young when I had her. I was young when I was raising her. A lot of this stuff that I've talked to you about, I didn't know yet. And when she sent me this reel, I, I found it quite interesting, and I'll read it to you right now. It, was, it wasn't really, I guess it was a reel because they put music to it, but it was more of a still picture. And it said, I read something the other day. If you keep criticizing your kids, they don't stop loving you. They stop loving themselves. This blew my mind because suddenly my whole childhood made sense. Stop the generational trauma for your kids, and that starts with you. And she sent that to me and just said, interesting. And I did find it interesting, but you know what else I found it? A bit convicting because I had had conversations with my daughter about how when she was young, I would be blunt and straightforward. And I felt like it was my job to make sure she heard exactly how it was because no one else was going to tell her. And sometimes that became like a, a criticize and like I was criticizing her in a mind. In my mind, I thought I was trying to tell her like it is so she could be better. In her mind, she felt criticized. And now that I realize that, I've had to humble myself. And 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 then I've needed to catch myself as I progress in my life because I realize that that's a tendency that I choose to do based on the way that I was raised and Honestly, just a lot of what was normal years and years ago was to uh, be that kind of parent for many families. I find even today, sometimes I learn about how kids are uh, feeling really beat down by their parent as I counsel. And when I listen to what they say, I think I know that that's not the parent's intention. Don't we do this sometimes with our spouses? And even when we're trying to motivate friends, we we start to say things that are actually sort of criticizing and focusing on their negative parts of their personality. And in our mind, we don't think we're doing something wrong. But you know what? We need to reframe the way that we talk 
in order to have a different result. So our kids don't walk away with memories of feeling criticized. Luckily, my daughter has many other memories as well, but I believe that sometimes she felt like she was inadequate because of my approach. And thank goodness I'm able to change that and adjust it. I see that, uh, that this makes a difference now in our adult life that I'm able to be humble, but it's made a difference as I reframe things and sometimes in the moment have to change it. It's, it's something that I can cheer myself on with and say, good job. You're doing great. Keep it up. Rather than focusing on the things that I did wrong, I need to do that. So we can both do that together. Now, this list that I'm going to share with you is adapted from uh, a company called Wholehearted School Counseling. Yeah, Wholehearted School Counseling. She sells a lot of things on teachers, paid teachers. So if you want to hop on that website, I'm sure you can find this exact list. I'm going to kind of adapt it for this podcast. But first, like I said, I'm going to read you the list of problem-focused descriptions, I guess you could say, of character traits. Bossy, defiant, demanding, dramatic, full of fear or scared, fussy, ADHD or hyperactive, impulsive, inflexible, oppositional, stubborn, talkative, tattletale, unfocused, and they just want attention. Now, which one of those have you used? Be honest, because I know that all of us can think of a few of these that were like, oh man, I've used that to describe someone in conversations behind their back or conversations in front of them. I can tell you that when teachers come to me and they talk to me about students, many times it's these words that I hear. And that's why I know that this is a practice that we need to start taking seriously. Now I'm going to go through this same list and I'm going to offer up what we could use instead. The problem focused, and then I'm going to offer up the solution focused talk that we might say instead. What if bossy became prefers to be in charge? wants to lead. Defiant can become holds strong beliefs, is bold, determined. Demanding can become knows what they want, outspoken. Dramatic can become expressive, passionate. Full of fear or scared can become cautious, careful. Protective. Fussy can become holds strong preferences. ADHD or hyperactive can become energetic, enthusiastic, on the go. Impulsive can become spontaneous. Inflexible can instead be a solution-focused prefers order and predictability. Oppositional can become advocates 
for a different perspective. I like that one. Stubborn can become persistent, tenacious, steadfast, talkative, enjoys communication, and enjoys articulating. A tattletale can be seeks justice, respects the rules. Unfocused can become multitasks and pays attention to many things. And just wants attention can become seeks connections. Wow. When we sit back and think that by reframing our wording, it's not even saying a different thing. It's saying it differently. We move from a problem talk to a solution-focused talk. I find that to be so fascinating that we use the words that we always use and everyone knows what it means when you say that someone's dramatic or, oh, they're just inflexible. And it just, it seems normal, doesn't it, to use those descriptors, but we never stop and think about how problem-focused that is and really how it's a put-down. It's just amazing that through a few, a little bit of a change, but that change is easier said than done. If it was so easy, we'd all be doing it already about every conversation that we have. If we practice, we might though. We might more often. Now, in the moment of talking to the people that we care about or the people that we're trying to influence, whether that be our kids or family members or staff members or parents, the more we can train our mind to use solution-focused words, the more we can switch it in the moment when we're about to use a problem talk word and a problem focused word and we say, no, I have another correct, I have a correction to make. And we do that in our mind, the more we will be successful in our conversations because people won't feel offended so often. They won't feel put down or rejected or wrong. They will notice that wordage different. They won't know what they are noticing, but they'll feel it. They'll feel different about talking with you because you now are reframing who they are. And you're saying, I believe in the best version of you. I know that this might be looked at as a negative in your life, but we're going to reframe it. And it still might be something that they need to focus on. You know, if someone holds strong to their preferences, uh, that's the opposite of the fussy. Okay. If someone's just fussing about everything and fussing and whining and fussing, it could make a huge difference. If you said, I know you have very strong preferences, but nonetheless, we're going to, and then you need to basically spell out the thing you still need to do of depending on if you're a parent, or maybe you're saying, well, what could we come to a compromise with? But see, you start by framing what they're doing in a different way. It opens up their mind for change. Now, I'm just going to read the list just like I did at the B a few minutes ago. I read all the problem focused words. Now, I'm going to just read straight up the solution focused word and see how that hits you different. Prefers being in charge and wants to lead. Holds strong to beliefs, bold, determined. Knows what they want outspoken, 
expressive, passionate, cautious, careful, protective, has strong preferences, energetic, enthusiastic, on the go, spontaneous, interactive, prefers order and predictability, is an advocate of a different perspective, persistent, enjoys communicating, articulate, seeks justice, respects rules, multitasks, pays attention to many things, and seeks connection. What happens if that was the normal? That can be your normal. It's become my normal more often. What if we use those words when we're writing letters, when we're writing report cards, when IEPs or uh, whatever it is, even in writing and words and text, if we switch our problem-focused communication and replace it with solution-focused Let's do that this next week and see what difference it makes. Choose somebody that you know your relationship has been struggling. Things have been challenging. What type of wording have you been using when you're describing what's going on? Not only to them out loud, but in your head. The first way that we can use this in our favor to help us be more solution focused is to use this as a journaling expression, a journaling, uh, I guess, exercise. Take 30 days to higher hopes or whatever journal you're using right now and write out the words that you think that are your go-tos that are more problem-focused. The words that are automatic, maybe you heard as a kid or you're in a bad habit of saying. And take a minute to be real with yourself. Now it might take a day for you to listen to yourself talk and catch yourself in the moment and then make a note of it. But we're not going to stay there, of course. The next thing you're going to do is when you have that list of problem-focused words that are critical or just are um, not producing the results you want in conversations, make a little arrow and then replace that think and take some time to think. Either use some of the words from this list or think of your own replacement. And if you need to put it up and read it, you know what? how I have this list up in my room. Why? Because I want to remember. I'll read it over before I go into a meeting, before I go into a conversation, even with a teacher, whoever it might be, because I want to choose words that are helpful. I want to choose words that are going to produce a, pot, a conversation that has an outcome that is closest to what I'd like it to be. I want to make an impact. And that impact comes when I am careful with my words. After you're careful, it, do, it comes naturally. And you'll find that you'll use those words regularly in replacement of. You'll see a kid that's so ADHD and you'll say, well, you know, they're awful energetic. They're quite enthusiastic and on the go. Those replacements can become natural through practice, but it starts with us, right? It always starts with us. We can't tell other people what they need to be doing until we do it for ourselves. So journal that and then read it over and decide what you're going to commit to. 
and write yourself out an affirmation and the reason why it's important in your life and the result that you picture that it will make when your language changes to that kind of talk and why it's so important to you. So you live with that why close to you and then change your problem-focused talk to solution-focused talk. That's something that I'm going to double down on. And I know that as you and I do that together, we're going to be making a difference in the life of our, our, our loved ones. Just like what that quote had said, where the people that are close to us, they won't stop loving us. They already, we already have a, a loving connection. But what if they stop loving themselves? I notice this struggle a lot with coaches. When we're coaching, and I'm talking about coaching sports, we feel like, I think coaches feel like it's their duty to be the harshest version of themselves, to push to the very edge so their athlete can do their very best. I noticed that with my daughter's swim coaches, that her relationship with food was drastically negatively affected because of how her particular coach would talk about nutrition and just slam into them the importance of eating right and then uh, criticize them uh, for any type of eating that was wrong or make fun of them. Or um, I've said before on the podcast that she remembers certain things that they would do that caused her to have a, a negative relationship with food that she's fixed and, and adjusted over the years, but she recognizes it as an adult. And I think about the impact that that coach's words made. I know in her own mind, she thought, I'm doing this for a wonderful reason because I'm going to have athletes that are fit and they're going to look at food in the quote unquote right way because I'm telling them like it is. I realize that now, that the narrative that's going on in the coach's mind is just not being received that way by the girls. Now, in the volleyball world of my, of my youngest daughter that she's in, I watch that same type of thing happen in and out, depending on the coaches she has. If she has a coach that's uh, that's focusing on the solution of what she should do, she can grab onto that and go. But in the times when she's had a coach that belittles, it, it affects her for days because she's always been the kind of person that just really listens to what her teachers and her coaches say and internalizes it. I don't think they, I wish so much that her teachers and coaches could realize how much she internalizes those things because um, maybe they would think and have problem talk move to solution focused talk more often and just caring. It's overall just being kind and caring, isn't it? But we need something to connect that to because we hear all the time, be nice, be kind, but we justify some of the ways that we talk in certain circumstances um, based on the people we're talking to and the reason that we're saying it. Oh, they need to hear it from me. They need to hear the hard truth. <laughs> and then, okay, then we need to rethink about how we are uh, communicating that hard truth. There's more than one way to communicate it. As we uh, say goodbye, I want to make sure that you guys don't forget to check the show notes. You can always jump over to my website, thefocusmindset.com to see what we're doing. Uh, I'm going to give you an invite here in a minute, but I also want to personally invite you to be a part of my email community. Every, um, every step of the way, I kind of think about 
when I'm walking around in my days, how can I help you? Because, you know, podcasting is really unique. It's me saying what's on my heart, but it's also you having the opportunity to take it into your heart. And that's why when I see something and it hits me, I know that I'm going to turn right back around and share that to you. Or when I meet someone that's amazing in my sphere of influence, I'm going to turn around and see if I can get an interview so I can share them with you. And you know what you can do? You can then share that with others. You can reach out and uh, post it or send it or put it in a quick text, in a group text. And that's one way that we spread the focused mindset, not only here, but in every different arena, you know where it's made a difference in your life. And I encourage you to share this podcast and this episode even with somebody that you care about. And we're just going to start a whole movement of changing our problem talk into solution talk. We're going to be less critical. We're going to be more caring. We're going to care more about where people are going and who they're becoming than who they've been in the past. And it's time for us to get going now. So until next time, live solution focused. Before you go, don't forget to check the show notes where I'm going to leave the links to my social media and the different places you can find me. And I want to invite you to be a part of my email community. It's absolutely free. And this year I'm doing so much writing and so much reflecting, and I want to send things directly to you. I send the special notes to my email community and you can email me right back. You have a direct line to ask me questions without any barriers of a website or anything. Check the show notes for that link or go to thefocusedmindset.com. And if you click on getting the journal prompts, you also automatically are able to be a part of my community. And if you're interested in supporting this program, there's three ways to do it. One, make sure you're following this program so it comes up as one of your favorites. Two, share it either on your social media or with someone you love straight to their email. And the third is to leave a review. And I love reading those. By supporting this program, we're helping people be solution-focused. See you next week.